What is up, guys, and welcome to the Maximum Potency Podcast. I'm your host, Lissa Scott, health coach, CrossFit coach, and online entrepreneur, and I'm here to talk about health, fitness, grabbing life by the horns, and doing everything we can to live at maximum potency. Through a combination of solo cast and interviews, you will be hearing from health professionals, entrepreneurs, athletes, artists, and people who are taking life and running with it. Oftentimes, you'll hear me tell pieces of my story or interview those who have ditched the traditional 9-to-5 setup in pursuit of something that feels a little bit better for them. If you are interested in creating a life you love, feeling better in your body, developing habit and mindset practices, doing a little bit more adventuring and traveling, you're in the right place. If you are someone who is hungry for growth, pursuing greatness, and ultimately hope to have a life that is a true expression of the real you, you're in good company. Welcome and thank you for being here. I am so happy and could not be more stoked that you found your way to this podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to episode 32. I do want to say before we hop into this episode that today is the last day to apply for the Maximum Potency one-on-one coaching program, 12 weeks of one-on-one coaching where we focus on nutrition, mindset, and training. Um, so if you have not hopped on that application you want to, head over to Alyssa Scott Fitness slash 11-coaching and go ahead and fill that out and we'll get to a call scheduled for this week. Um, But if not, if you're good, or if you've already filled that out, welcome to this episode. I am here with Nelson. Nelson, thank you so much for being here. I'm pumped about this. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, absolutely. So Nelson's out in California. Um, (laughs) Where exactly are you at? So I currently live in Los Angeles, but I was born and raised in LA. So I've lived here my whole life. Which is so wild. You usually hear people that move to LA in their 20s. Um, Nelson was born and raised there. So we're going to go into a little bit of his upbringing, um, kind of how he found his way into the life coaching space. And we're also going to talk about coaching and just how the winds are sometimes different than what the winds are supposed to be, but they're always beautiful. Um, and so during this episode, you might find that, Hey, I would do really well in the coaching container. Uh, and then you have the beautiful, you know, scavenger hunt for the right coach but I'm trying to expose you guys to coaching because it's something that's made a huge huge difference in my life Um, and as you guys know I'm just trying to pass on what I know so that I can help you do life better so Nelson let's talk about you let's talk about you um let's start with just your upbringing you know like you said you were born and raised in LA go ahead and tell me a little bit more about um just how you grew up yeah of course 
So I was born in Culver City, which is like, I live five minutes away from the hospital I was born at actually. And it's not no longer running, but it's just really cool. Um, I was born premature, so I was eight months old and I barely made it. So I always joke around with my mom that life has always been testing me since a, a young age. But um, yeah, I mean, I have parents from Mexico, so I speak English and Spanish and I was always considered a very smart kid. So um, grew up Catholic and I wanted to share a little story is I got kicked out of um, Catholic, like catechism oh because I was just asking too many questions, um, mm. which is like the catechism class to get your first communion, you usually do it for two years. And I got kicked out, not kicked out. I, I say kicked out because that's how it felt. But basically like after two years, after one year, they were like, he knows everything, but he's asking too many questions. And so we're just gonna let him graduate or whatever. And so, uh, yeah, so I, I always always just ask too many questions and then grew up and went to school around here. I took French, so I also speak some French and I just what? languages. Yeah, so it's like really fun for me. And yeah, I graduated and then went directly into college. But a little bit before graduating is when I got introduced into like anything with personal development space. My parents are really big into that. There was a time, I would like to say like 10 years ago, when they started taking like live workshops and seminars. Mm. And so they both went through this program here in Los Angeles and they graduated. And part of it was like, they were like, you know, we want you to take this seminar. And I was like 15 and rebellious. And I was like, no, I don't want <laughs> to do this. Um, <laughs> and so they had forced me, I forgot what they had to do to make me go, but I ended up going like super against it, right? And I went in and after that weekend, like fell in love with it. That's when I met my first coach ever, who was mm -hmm. this like transformational coach and it was for teenagers. So we were all like between 14 and 17 about. Amazing. So it was really nice because I got to go through this very deep and emotional process with other teenagers. So it very, felt very cool and I loved it. So I ended up going back and volunteering in the future. Mm. So right before I went to college, when I was like around 18, was when I volunteered a couple of times. And that's when I kind of got my first taste of coaching because we get assigned like three or four teenagers into our little group. And we, mm -hmm. they have to call us in the morning before they go to the workshop to like make sure that they're going to go. And then wow. like talk about intentions and talk about what they learned. So it was very like a lot of self-reflection process and that thing. So I really enjoyed it. And there was a head coach whose name is Cesar and he actually lives in Los Angeles too, but he's, uh, he was out. So he was openly gay. And I remember being like, Oh, I really admire him. And like, mm -hmm. you know, he was 24 and I was 17 at that time. So I was like, I want to be like him one day. And yeah, you know, went to college, did all the things, studied philosophy, which really cultivated that part of me that loves asking questions which also yes. leads into the coaching, which is very important. So I always think that there's like a line in there of like being questioned, like uh, asking questions and always looking for something deeper than the surface level. So that has always been in my path, but it's very interesting because, you know, graduated college, got into a master's program, was doing the master's in philosophy. And I realized, you know, like, I don't think this is the right thing for me right now, you know? And yeah, absolutely. I like, super scared. Um, and I decided, you know, I'm, I'm going to go with my gut. And I withdrew from the program. And I was in another workshop for personal development at that time. And so I was like, you know what, 
I think coaching is calling me right now or like learning mm -hmm. more about it at least. So then yes. I went to take a certification and that was when I knew I was like, okay, yeah, I, I really love this. I'm going to continue uh, and pursue this. And so this was about March last year, March, April-ish, so spring. And, you know, had that experience before of like volunteering and then volunteering as a, as a 23 year old, 24 year old as well. So that's how I got back into personal development and personal growth. Right. So then officially I started coaching when I was 23. Yeah. When I was 23 and then got certified, started practicing, working with people and then, you know, got my first coach, my first hired coach, <laughs> like May. Yeah. So he was amazing. And he also helped me out because he also helps coaches become better coaches. A hundred percent. We all need that, right? Yeah. And I met him because I was taking an online course called Mastery for Coaches with um, this coach named Alyssa Nobriga, who's amazing. And I, I love her style. And she's, you know, she lives in Santa Monica, I believe. So she's very close. She's in LA, basically. And I just loved her way of thinking about growing your coaching business. It's very organic and very centered in service, which yeah. I always, I always prefer that method than like, you know, other people have different methods, but for me, that called to me. That yes. like that me in. And so I was very lucky because I was in that Facebook group, group and I like posted a question and he answered. He was like, hey, mm. you know, like, provided service. And I was like, oh my God, you're, you're Latino and a coach and you're gay too. So I'm like, I want to talk to you. Wow, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I hired him. We became good friends. So now like I don't work with him anymore, but like I worked with him for six months. That's incredible. You know? So I want to touch on a couple things that you highlighted in there. And the first is just like, we both grew up super curious people. Mm -hmm. And that curiosity has kind of always led you to not just being curious and being excited because you're curious or li life is kind of always ex more exciting when you're curious about stuff. Exactly. But also you have that mindset of like, you're aware enough to realize that my, my life could be working better or this yeah. could be a little smoother or I could be a little bit more expressive or whatever it may be. That's going to yeah. feel better. And so like those two things, awareness and curiosity, if you have those two things and then you have someone coaching you through those two things, it's no wonder that you and myself and a whole bunch of other people have thrived in coaching containers. Like that's huge. Yeah, exactly. Second, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I think you brought up a good thing, which is awareness. And I think that's like really critical and being able to be coachable is like first developing that awareness. Cause it's, it's interesting, but I don't think a lot of people sometimes, a lot of people live on automatic. Yes. Right. So they don't really stop and like, think about what's going on around them sometimes. So I think it's very important to have that self-awareness first before anything. Absolutely. Absolutely. The other thing is in my first conversation with Nelson guys, he, it was just so evident that he like loves to learn. And you, <laughs> I think you may have even said that, like I was obsessed with like always learning yeah. like, the learning process and like how always. our brains work. And that was exactly. what kept you I said, I said, how did you make it all the way to, you know, you were almost done your undergrad, right? With philosophy. Mm -hmm. And then you realized you didn't want to do that. And so I was just kind of asking him about how, how he made it that far. Right. And, and he was like, well, I love to learn. Like it was just, it was one of those things. And will you tell me a little bit about that transition really go into how you knew it was time for you to walk away from that thing and do another thing? Cause it sounds like it was pretty, 
intrinsic and, and pretty obvious, but I think that yeah. a lot of people can relate with this. I'm doing this one thing and I feel called to go do this other thing. And how do I know if that that's like real or if it's in my head or this? So what were some yeah. of the things that you were experiencing? Yeah, for sure. I think for me, it was, I knew I was good at it. I knew I was good at philosophy and I still love it and I'm still going to continue doing it, but I didn't feel that passion for it. It felt more like a task um at that moment okay. at that level because i wasn't a master so the stakes are a little higher you write more you read more you really have to be dedicated to it 100 percent. and because i knew that i wasn't feeling that i started thinking okay what else would i want to do and i was mm, I had to got it, it right and so it was definitely scary i won't say it was easy because it was like you know i had this idea of who i was going to be right i was like oh, i'm going to finish this master's i'm going to apply to a phd i'm going to become a professor I'm gonna work at a university. So like there was already like a vision for my life that I had. Yeah. And so to me to go back and be like, I have to change all of this, right? Oh it was yeah. Scary. And so I will say I just trusted that I would find something. I'm a very big believer in I don't want to say faith, but just like believing that things will work out. I'm just very optimistic. I've gone through really rough things in my life. And so I always remind myself that. I do believe things work out and that's just my philosophy. And so I took a leap of faith and I was yeah. like, you know, especially because in that master's it was funded. So I wasn't paying for yeah. it. There was a scholarship and an outside scholarship. And so part of it was also like, if this money isn't being allocated in the right way, I don't want to take it from oh. somebody else who could use it. You Almost know? like a guilt thing then it becomes, yeah. right? Because it's not your, wow, that's amazing. <sighs> yeah. So you had some internal resistance, then you exactly. had some, some external like well this is actually like not morally sound because i'm taking taking from mm -hmm. if i'm not really using it right exactly and then yeah. did your family support that shift or did you kind of have to own that i'm very lucky my parents have always been very supportive um i'm an only child a group only child so um i did feel like i had a lot of expectations of being mm -hmm. a successful person but I'm very like my parents have done a lot of inner work and so they know that you really have to go with what you're passionate about um yeah. and find a way to express that so they were fully supportive i mean they were like if this is really what you want to do like we're going to support you and like cheer you on but we just want to make sure that you're capable like not capable but just ready to do this right or and that you're so, not just giving up because the other thing was hard right like exactly. some careful yeah. questions i'm sure that is no, true. that's so yeah. incredible I think that I just want to touch on this too. This is a little off topic, but when we have support, whether it's from our parents or an aunt or an uncle or a sibling or cousin, whoever, doesn't that just make like the world of difference? Like, yeah, when you just know that like, Hey, this is going to be okay. Even if it doesn't go how I think it's going to go. And then the other thing is not being like, I always talk about like be married to your vision, you know, like, like have it so clear so that you can focus and you can go for it. It was super interesting how you just said, like, I had this one vision for my life and then this other one came along and you kind of had to make a choice of whether you were married to that one thing or not. Um, but what's your, what's your vision like now? Yeah. So I and just want to talk a little bit about that. It's like, I do agree with you. It's important to be committed to your vision, but it's yeah. also having that ability to be open-minded and be like, okay, maybe <laughs> this isn't what I truly want. And then create something else, but then also be committed again. You know what I mean? Yes. You know, like finding yes. the right fit. So I think that was very important. But right now my vision for myself 
if I say like, I really want to become uh, this really a pioneer in the like Latino coaching industry, especially just because um, I love seeing minorities be represented in different spaces. And so my vision is being able to work with different minorities and providing that support for them, whether it's like, you know, female entrepreneurs that usually have a harder time um, coming into like showing who they are and being confident, right? Or even minorities being able to push themselves to appear online and have their businesses. So that for me is very important. But, you know, my goal within 10 years is to have a bunch of courses online so I can reach a wider audience, mm. a speaker, um, want to be able to publicly speak. I was able to do that in my old high school last year. So that was a very amazing thing. And then I would also love to write a book. So that's one of my goals. Um, so you're, you're giving and sharing and kind of all those things, but what about your, your day to day? You know, what do you picture that to look like? What's your day to day? I'm not really <laughs> asking like what your ideal day is. I'm kind of asking how, how do you, how are you hoping to spend your time while that's you're true. I doing think, those things? I think I'm so like, it's funny. Um, I'm so focused on, I don't want to say business, but on this passion, mm -hmm. like on this, coaching and self-development aspect that sometimes I do forget like okay how do I want my life to actually look like <laughs> yeah 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 no I do the same thing a, it's so it drives me so much right and I think I'm very into it and in love with it but I do know that I love traveling so mm -hmm. I see myself having that ability to travel as part of it um I know a lot of people like millennials want to buy a home like I have friends that are thinking about buying a home within 10 years, but like, I'm not one of those people. Like I would love yep. to live in an apartment for the rest of my life. <laughs> I love it. I want to be able to move wherever I want, you know? Yeah. And it's like, okay, if I, I feel like living in this state next year, then I'll just pick up my stuff and go. Yeah. Know? Yeah. I, we could do a whole nother episode on, <laughs> on creative housing situations and yes. basically what does it look like if you don't just want to buy a house and live there for the next 15 years? That's a whole yeah. like rabbit hole that I won't go down right now, but I love where your head is at. Um, yeah. <laughs> another thing you, that you said is, Hey, I want to, I want to represent Latino. I want to represent um, gay. I want to represent all these different things. Um, when someone who's not a minority <laughs> hears, Hey, I want to, I want to support someone who is, what are some really good ways to do that? Honestly, and this, this is actually what I talked about at my old high school because they're doing more of like a diversity inclusion. I went to a private high school on a scholarship. So I was actually one okay. of the few Latinos in the whole school. Oh, I remember <laughs> you telling me this. This is such a crazy yeah. story. Yes. So it was very interesting. But what I always tell everybody is like, just be able to listen, right? Be able to listen and be empathetic. And by that, I mean, be able to feel for somebody else. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I will never know what what women go through on a day-to-day -day basis. And I consider myself an ally of women's, a feminist and all these things, but like, I'm never truly gonna know, you know, the, the struggles that women face, you know, even physical struggles, <laughs> if you get what I mean. Yeah, like, yeah. But I can be empathetic, you know, I can be like, I'll hear them out and I'll take their word for it. And I'm like, okay, you can let me know what it is that I can do to be supportive. So it's like, mm -hmm. I, like in anything, it's about listening, being open-minded and being empathetic, honestly. But I think that's I love the, that. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that we're in such a shift right now, like my generation of now that I'm an adult and I'm not in high school and I'm not tied to a college, right? 
-hmm. I can choose who's in my circle. I can choose who I interact with. And I don't really want all those people to just be the same as me. Like, I don't just want it to be an echo chamber. Mm -hmm. So I love this. I love that you're here. (laughs) Um, Anything that you want to tack on about your story before we shift into like talking about coaching? Yeah, I think one thing, and I mentioned this about always being kind of very optimistic in a way. Uh, It's so funny, I was reading something about the difference between positivity and optimistic, but I still cling to optimism because it means even though things are harsh, I hold hope for something better. Yes. I I think what really, something that really transformed me besides coaching is um, I had leukemia. So I had it since I was 16 till up till I was 23 because I relapsed. So usually the treatment takes about two and a half to three years but I ended up doubling that. So I I had to go through treatment for six years. And all of that just changed how I look at things because one, it's like, to be completely honest, like, oh, there's a possibility I can die, you know, right? And I know that's a little dark, but it was like, it was true. And so I had to come to terms with, if this were my last day for some reason, what am I gonna do to take advantage of it, right? Mm -hmm. And I think like, and the reality of the situation is anybody can pass at any time, right? Mm-hmm. So our future is never guaranteed. So I think it's always important to be present. So I think yes. that was one thing that I took away from that was one, cultivating optimism, no matter what. And two is being present, which are two things that I would tell anybody to start putting into practice into their daily life, be present with whoever you are right now. You know, I'm just being with you. I'm listening to you. I'm fully committed to having this conversation because this is all we have right now. And I know that, that I'm getting a little like, Oh, I love it. DP, deep and stuff. DP. It's deep. like hippy dippy and like. Yeah, like hippy dippy. And then, but then it's like hippy deep I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Exactly. But yeah, that's what I wanted so to share. So good. So good. That makes me really happy. Um, how should we transition into coaching? What do you want to talk about first with coaching? Let's do this. Yeah. I mean, we can talk about kind of how coaching is transformative, I believe. Like I truly am a person that knows you're gonna become, a, you're gonna transform into somebody different with coaching, no matter whether it's you know fitness coaching, whether it's health coaching, whether it's life coaching, business coaching. The point of coaching in general is to provide and facilitate a transformation, right? Right. I am a firm believer that everybody could benefit from a coach, period. Yeah, same. Whether you think you have your life in order, like even if, like, especially if you have your life in order, right? Because Mm -hmm. you have the ability to go to the next level, right? Yeah. Coaching is about advancing, progressing, moving forward. And I'm like, who doesn't want that? (laughs) Right. Right? And it's, it's endless. Like there is endless human potential. And so. Exactly. I, I don't know what Bible verse it is, but that iron sharpens iron. Like we are meant to help each other to hold each other accountable to help each other move forward and it's it's like who doesn't want to be a more vibrant version of themselves yeah you know it's so beautiful yeah and every coach that I've worked with even though their styles have been different they've like impacted me and have contributed to the person that I am like obviously it's like I'm still me right but it's like looking at it from a different perspective Mm -hmm. so I don't know. I just, I'm so fascinated with coaching. I love having coaching friends because that just changes the conversation. <laughs> you know, yes. because you think about things in a different perspective. I will say that, right? There's, there's tools that you learn 
that help you, at least for me, like I focus completely on mindset. So my focus is all on like thoughts and feelings and learning how to rewire your beliefs so that you can just live a fuller and more fulfilled life, period. Right. Yeah. Because there, I think there are truths out there in life. And sometimes we're so like phased with noise. Like we can't really get to those truths that I believe help you just live easier and live happier, you know? Yeah. Do you think that there's something to the fact that when you're in a coaching program, you, you're forced to create space for the, those moments of reflection, right? So left to my own devices, I'm going to go and 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 mm-hmm. kind of forget to feel the feelings. Mm-hmm. But if I am in a practice of, and I've been in a good season with this lately, but I'm just thinking about the last 10 years as a whole. My, my default is to go, 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 don't feel the feelings. And then all of a sudden I'm feeling all the feelings and I'm like a hot mess. Right. But coaching has, has led me to this point of like, okay, well at least once, twice, three times a week, I get to sit down and say, how do I feel about my business? How do I feel about myself? How do I feel about my fitness? How do I feel? And it's just like the continual check-in that Mm -hmm. itself is helpful. Like the accountability piece is huge. Um, There's so many good things that we could go into, but yeah. One thing that I'm seeing, and I'm curious if you see this too, is sometimes people come into my program and the win that they think they're going to have is like a small part of their win and they get something so much bigger or so much more meaningful out of it. Um, In other words, they think they're going to lose five or 10 pounds, but instead they learn how to approach food with a peace of mind. Yeah. That's so much bigger than (laughs) the little itty bitty measurable win is like the immeasurable win. Like, it's, it's like the value. And then there's like the thing that's invaluable. It's like, mm-hmm. Oh, well now I, or now I have positive body image. And before I didn't, you know, like, these bigger <laughs> shifts. so yeah, these bigger shifts, but so what are some yeah. of the, uh, the shifts that you see with your clients? Yeah. Understanding that for me, and I think you bring up a really great point about going into something, thinking you're going to get one thing and completely coming out yes. that might be different, but is even I don't want to say better but just like that you would never imagine that you were going to walk out with and it's not to say that they didn't get that little win along Mm -hmm. the way yeah they came in hungry for the little win and they leave with a bigger win or a bigger takeaway I love that you said that really beautifully yeah thank you (laughs) I appreciate that I think what I've been noticing with a lot of my clients is they don't have that time that you brought up to self-reflect so Mm -hmm. it's like just learning how to take a moment and sometimes I leave homework because the teacher in me is like, I'm not leaving yes. homework. Um, <laughs> it's like, I'm like, take it, take an hour a day like, or an hour a week, right. To literally have time for yourself and journal or whatever. And I get people being like, I didn't know I felt this way. You know, mm-hmm. like I didn't know. I, and it's like, I do think it's about cultivating self-awareness and self-reflection, right? Yeah. Like you said, you, and you use yourself as an example, go, 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 ignore the feelings, and then boom, everything comes crashing down, and you have to deal with them at one point or another, right? But if you have that, if you can learn to self-reflect, even if it's like once a week, like that can make a dramatic difference, because then you start questioning why you do things, and if you don't like the results you have, then it's like, okay, why am I getting the results that I have? because I'm doing this. So Mm -hmm. let me stop doing this and start doing something different. Right. Or even if the results are what you want, how am I feeling while I'm doing 
Mm. How am I being right? And if I don't like how I'm, how I'm being or how I'm showing up or the vibe that I'm constantly in, like, mm. is the result that worth it? That's another That's thing that you can point. go into yeah. It's like, okay, it might be working, but I hate how it feels. Yeah. Like exactly. you go into the rewiring your brain thing. I mean, mm -hmm. that's like, I feel like that's the epitome of that. That's true. That is very true. I love that you brought that up. Do you mind if I really quick just make a note of some of the places that I've been having really powerful self-reflection? And if you want to add mm -hmm. to the list, you can go right, right ahead. Go ahead. Um, so as someone who, who used to not feel anything or just constantly be on the run, um, I've been really making an effort, especially, especially in 2020 and this quarantine thing is it's almost like a forced it's like god was like hey that new year's resolution that you had i'm gonna help you out with that i'm gonna give you one less barrier you don't have to go all these places right and so it's really cool <laughs> and now it's like i'm not looking looking forward to going back to normal i'm looking forward to to normal like this is the new normal right mm -hmm. there's things that i'm learning in this season of quarantine and covid 19 days that mm -hmm. i'm gonna I'm like, man, I can't believe I wasn't doing this before. And this is, I'm taking this forward with me. Yeah. It's too good. And so some of those things have been a new morning routine where I sit outside for five minutes. You guys, I think I'm going to do a whole other episode on morning routines, but, uh, Very important. you know, yeah, there's all these things and getting all these ideas while we're talking, but write it down, write it down, girl. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I'll just go back and listen to the episode, right guys. You'll have my, you'll have my to-do list in your ears now. I'm just kidding. But I, I've been going outside for five minutes right away, like, like bleary eyed in the morning, no phone. And I'm just like, wow, like, how do I feel today? You know, just like a check-in with myself. How do I feel about the weather? How do I feel about my, what's on tap for today? Just giving myself five minutes, like everybody has five minutes to do that daily check-in. And then I've been doing um, fasted or not fasted, depending on the day, cardio in the morning too, mm. uh, for about 25 to 30 to 60 minutes, depending on the day and what's going on. And I'm like, oh man, like this is how I got addicted to running in the past. Like I was, I loved to run when I was like 16, 17, 18. And then I lost my love for it in college. And anyway, um, just doing steady state cardio where you're not like, for me, I'm not in this crazy death wad, right? Where I can't think about anything but the wad. Um, but I'm in this steady state cardio where I'm like pedaling my bike or walking or jogging. And I'm like, man, like life is cool. Like I feel good in my body. It's just been yeah. so neat to have those moments. So I just wanted to like say that self-reflection isn't always just getting out a journal and be mm. like, how do I feel about this? But it can sometimes be like self-reflection of like, how do I feel in my body right now? How do I yeah. feel about what I'm doing on a daily basis? Anything else that you want to add to that? Like moments of self-reflection for you that you've seen or that you've seen your clients make use of that you're like, yeah, that's really powerful. Yeah. I mean, I think this is, it's so funny. Cause like when this is being recorded, like I'm starting a challenge next week and it's like to wake up at 7 a.m. Because honestly, like during this quarantine, I know personally, I was like, I don't have to wake up at a certain time anymore, right? Yeah. Like having that morning routine is very essential, but also like feeling like you have more time in the day because you wake up early. I think it's just, that's one thing like I told, and I'm going to share this. One of my clients has not been waking up like at a good, whatever, I don't want to say good, but like at an early time. So I challenged her and I was like, you're going to text me every morning at 7 a.m. that you woke up. And it's like, she's loving it. She's like, oh my God, I feel like super like held accountable and like, I just feel better. So it's like that even in itself, if you can challenge yourself yeah. in doing things that push you outside of your comfort zone, as little as waking up an hour earlier, like 
you're mm-hmm. gonna have a different perspective on things trust me so yeah the the shift of of starting a little earlier and being done a little earlier is something mm-hmm. that I've slipped in and out of over the past few weeks but like the weeks that I'm waking up at seven or eight somewhere in there versus mm-hmm. the weeks that I'm waking up at eight or nine mm-hmm. it's like the whole day is different the whole yeah. day is different I don't know what that is but I mean I do know what it is it's just funny so yeah. love that. I love that so, so much. Um, so no matter what we, we learn from our coaches or no matter what challenges uh, present themselves or no matter what, you know, the five-day wake up an hour earlier challenge is going to end. So like after that challenge ends or after that coaching container ends, taking action is like so key. Yeah. No matter what it is. So you can get all the coaching in the world, but like then you have to go do something with it. Mm-hmm. So do you want to touch on implementing for a couple of minutes? Yeah, of course. I think let's do it. Right. So one part of it, the fascinating thing about coaching is like you can have the best coach in the world, but if you're not taking action, none of that means anything. It's like it's like learning learning how to ride a bike, but if you don't even ride the bike, what's the point? <laughs> like if you yeah. don't start yeah. driving the bike your bike around the street with your little mask on, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's 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 important, right? Because one action gets you out of paralysis. And I think that's mm-hmm. one thing I learned from Isabella, who's um, my, my mentor and my coach. And she always says like, just take action. Even when you feel like stuck in a place, by taking yeah. the simplest action, you get out of that rut, right? Because it inspires something with the movement or whatever it may be. So it's like, even if you get all the coaching and you don't implement it, the moment you implement the smallest thing, you start becoming more, motivated to keep going right and it's like whatever coaching container you're in taking action taking action one is going to build confidence and two is going to help you just get into that momentum you know what I mean and like I don't know I've just like I've been with clients who like you know they have everything they need to get to a next level but they're just like yeah I didn't take I didn't do that this week or like oh you know I just I forgot you know, and it's like, sometimes it's a deeper thing for why they're not doing mm-hmm. it. But it's like the moment you take action, like things just change. Yeah. So um, I don't know if you want to it's talk a little bit like, more about that. It's <laughs> just, well, I just want to say it's, it's like breaking that inertia. Mm-hmm. It's like you start to trust yourself a little bit more because you do a little bit more or you don't do a little yeah. bit more. Sometimes it's what about your, what it's about what you're not doing as much as it is about what you're doing. Um, and so just the days stack up like I always just say like you know can you dm five people today Mm. can you make a new friend today can you I love this my one of my biggest things with with coaching with reaching out is I love the if I will you if I blank will you blank so like Mm. people love that right you know if I send you this will you try it if I send you a video would you watch it if I send you a song will you tell me if you like it could be anything but that is like how to make friends in, in a nutshell, right? You like start to I just say, that. if I will you. And that's been such a cool thing for me. So if I will you, just do one thing like that today. You know what I mean? If you're stuck, you're just trying yeah. to, I love that so much because it could be applied to anything, friendship, business, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, if I get on a call with you, Nelson, will you be on my podcast? I mean, that's all That's all that was. Yeah, so exactly. Cool. That's so true. I love that. Oh my God, I'm going to take that. I'm going to definitely take put it, that use practice. it, give yeah. it some love. Um, but yeah, you, you had said on our first call 
um, that coaches help facilitate you getting out of your comfort zone. And I was like, yes, that's the thing, right? Yeah. And then you, you just described the comfort zone box in the most perfect yes. way. And I want you to do it all over again. Cause I need, I need yes. to hear it again. And I want my audience to hear it. Of course. All right. So I, audience, whoever's listening, just imagine I'm drawing <laughs> audience, a box hey, rock stars. <laughs> <laughs> hey there, just um, think of a box, right? And so this box, we're going to call it your comfort zone box, but it's because it's been created by, and I'm going to name the, the four sides of it, which is so it's, beliefs. It's just a square, right? It's a square, right? But yeah. it's like each, each side. So it's the beliefs, your justifications or your reasons, you can call it that. And then your habits, which will be at the bottom and then your fears on the other side. Right. And all these things is because you were conditioned to grow up with them. You learned them from some way, culturally, socially, growing up, parents, family members, period. Right. But they're the reason you are where you are, because they kind of bleed into your thoughts and your thoughts create your actions and your actions create your results. Right. So when you want to create something that you've never done before, that thing lies outside of your comfort box, comfort mm -hmm. zone. So in order to be able to do that, there needs to be a stretching of sorts of stretching that box, whether it's questioning your beliefs, pushing through your fears, breaking old bad habits, right? Like these mm. are the things that are going to get you to be able to expand that box and then reach that new goal. And a thing is like, you can definitely, you, you, it's possible for you to do it on your own, but it's like, you're so much more inclined to do it if you're working with a coach, because that coach can see that box better than you can. Yes holding that up coach would be like I can yep it's like you see this this is where you're at like you need to and it's like the whole thing about accountability right like that's one I had I had a couple of clients this week and it's like that came up so much how especially for people that graduate right and they're starting into their career they don't have tests anymore they don't yep. have that tell them that you're doing the right thing or like assignments right and so they're like what's going on? I don't have any way to like gauge if I'm doing something right. And it's like, mm -hmm. because you don't have somebody holding you accountable. Right. Yeah. So like the powerful thing in coaching is like breaking you free from that comfort box and then, and doing that by holding you accountable for pushing you little by little, or as much as, you know, the coach is necessary at that point. But it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And I think I'm learning, okay, what are my limiting beliefs and why can I reach that level when you work on that? you know? Mm, yeah. 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 And I think I see this in myself and I see this in other people all the time too, is when you're talking about removing the, the measurables from our life, you're in this season where there's no measurables. There's like yeah. other than maybe your bank account or your relationship status or things that your worth is not tied to. <laughs> Those are right? measurables. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, this is the stuff that we start to look at as adults. I think this is one of the reasons that so many people are sad is they're, they're using the wrong measuring stick to measure success. And so yeah. coaching, coaching allows you to have somebody be like, dude, like, is that really what you care about? Is that really what you value? It forces you into awareness too. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I love that so much, like so much, but it's like, what, what game are you playing? What, what measuring stick are you using? Mm -hmm. And then is that the one you want to be playing or the one you want to be using? To ask that. Yep, exactly. It's yeah. Like, like, yeah. What do you truly, and that's the thing, people sometimes don't even know what they truly want. Yep. Like they just they want what they're they supposed want to want. Thing, but they actually are looking for something completely different. And like, oh, uh, when that happens in a call and they're just like, wait, I actually don't want to do this. Like, I actually don't want to move to this place or I actually don't want to be in a relationship right now. And it's like, cool.
cool, <laughs> you know? Or like someone awesome. else told me I'm supposed to have a 10K month. I only want five or I only want eight or I, money's not the measuring stick. It's amazing. Yeah, exactly. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. So love that. Love that so much. Um, friendships and other people and coaching, they all go hand in hand. They do. But I love what you were saying. <laughs> Guys, Nelson was we, we got onto a tangent and I gotta bring it right back because we were talking about when you start to tell people you're a coach. And that yes. is such a vague, <laughs> it's such a vague thing. Like, oh, you're a oh coach. It almost sounds like it almost sounds like fluff. Like, so what do you actually yeah. do? No, I'm, I'm a coach. No, well, so how do you make money? Well, that's my primary income. And then yeah. they're, then they're like, Well, what? What? Mm-hmm. So you get that glazed overlook. <laughs> yeah, because it's it's one, it's like such a new industry, like in comparison yeah. to everything else. And then two, I do think there's like this idea of what a coach is mm-hmm. or like, and then some people just don't know. Like, honestly, like I've had friends be like, what, what do you do? Like, what does that look like? Yeah. And I think and if they didn't coach- grow up with parents who valued personal development, it's even more of an abstract thing, Yeah. right? Like you had that referencing point growing exactly. up because your parents are probably on coaching calls or going to events or this or that. Yeah. And for me, both of my parents were personal trainers at one point. So mm-hmm. even though it wasn't coaching per se, it was still coaching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was still like create a plan of action, implement mm-hmm. different things, habits and mindset, yeah. right? So just having that, but keep going. They get the, they, they're like, so what do you do? Yeah, so they ask, right? And, and I think that was such a great thing you mentioned because yeah, it was so normal to be like, oh yeah, my parents have a coach. Oh, they're going to a coaching thing. Like I, I knew it. Like I never had to be like, what's a coach? You know, like it was already <laughs> at a young age. But it's like, usually of all my friends, honestly, that I've had, like none of them had talked to a coach before, like knew what a coach is. Um, I'm lucky I have one really good friend who always is like, calls me her life coach she's like oh well your life coach roasts you and it's like <laughs> so funny and I love that she like hypes me up but it's like one I will say I was very nervous to come out as a coach mm-hmm. because like I told you I had this vision of who I was and everybody yeah. knew me. Was like he's gonna be a professor he's gonna be this philosopher right so it was about to be like almost like shame like yeah I'm not that I'm not doing that anymore you know but once people got to know it and share it like I think I also cultivated a different way of perspectives. So I will say my friendships, I wouldn't say they've changed, but there's like a different flavor to it. Um, mm, yeah, you know, be a way I, to put it. Because like, I will say with my coaching friends, there's like a different, there's different topics of conversation with coaching friends. I don't know if you've had that where you're like, you, like you talk about coaching stuff and it's like, you're fascinating. You can go about it for hours, right? Yeah. So. I think that's been one thing. And then also letting people know that I'm an entrepreneur, yeah. right? Like, because all my business, my business, my parents have always had businesses, right? So. Oh yeah. I love this part. I've always seen it as that, but I was always like, I'm never going to have a business. Like I'm never going to be a business owner. Right. And then again, like, completely transforming that. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. their thing. And it's like, now I'm into personal development so much. I'm growing my own business. And I'm helping them out with their business, right? Um, I do a little bit of coaching for them too with their with their employees. So I love doing okay. that as well. But it's about kind of coming to terms with it and accepting it first me completely, right? Like yeah. believing that I'm an entrepreneur, believing that I'm a business owner, believing that I'm a good 
freaking coach, right? Those take, mm-hmm. those, that takes time, right? Yeah. That takes cultivation. But then being like, yeah, so now anywhere I go, like, I'm like, yeah, I'm a coach. And if they have a question, I'll answer it. And if not, yep. period. Like, people don't question if you're an engineer, even though you probably, yeah. I probably don't know exactly what they do, <laughs> right? Like, it's like, yeah, they could be mechanical, they could be electrical, whatever. But they're like, yeah, I'm an engineer. And they say it and they don't question it. <laughs> There's no, right. there's no like, I'm sort of kind of this engineer does this yeah. thing, right? Like, which is what I hear coaches say so often. Oh, I like, I'm working on this coaching project. So like, I also mm-hmm. do this and that. Like, it's almost not enough for them to just stop there. Yeah. And yeah. it bums me out because it's like most of the, most of the coaching work that's being done is like incredible work. You know, it's like, exactly. I have a chance to change somebody's life or change a chapter in their life. And that's like the biggest blessing that I get to do that every day. Yeah. So Huge. It puts me in such a state of gratitude. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so people might not get it, and that's like okay, you know. And the ones that do get it, they're like, they always want to know more. Yeah, and it's so yeah. cool. And I've it's been so very cool. lucky. My friends are very supportive and very curious, and they always ask me things. So I, I'm very grateful for that. So yeah, and I want to say one more thing too. Is it's so interesting to hear you say that you're in LA. And people still are like, oh, you're a coach? Like, what? What? Because if if I could just give my perspective, like, mm-hmm. when you're from Philly, when you're from the East Coast, you assume that everybody in, in California is, like, more woo-woo, a West Coast, and, like, that everybody oh. has a coach. Like, yeah. like, you're like, wait, people still, like, don't know what you do, and you're in the hub of it, right? It's so funny, because I, I do feel like that is a hub of coaches, is LA and um, probably New York City, too, like, that's places like this it's just funny that's so funny you say that because I see or maybe it's just in the online space that I'm in like everybody that I've met is in the east coast that is a coach and mine's the opposite I think it's just like when they're the same <laughs> as you you're like oh and then when they're not you're like whoa and it's so yeah. I noticed the fact that um I've connected with you know I've got coaching friends in Florida for sure mm-hmm. in New York for sure one in Nebraska, Cammy Wilkie, right? Um, yes. And then, and then oh, everybody else is California. That's been my experience with it, but it's just so it's funny. So but California is also huge. You know, it's, it's huge. Like, yeah, it's a lot of people there. So oh, it makes Los sense. Angeles. There'd be a lot of coaches there. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. So, where can my audience find you if they want to continue conversation or if something resonated with them and they want to just yeah. say thank you? Where are you hanging out? So right now, I decided to open a new, I'm going to create a new website. So my website is like down, but you can find me on Instagram at soy Nel Peralta, like soy, like milk, <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. but in Spanish, it means I am, I am Nel, yeah. Nel Peralta. So soy Nel Peralta. I used Do to you want to go ahead and just spell that out for everybody? So it's yeah, I'll easy. spell it out. You, y'all ready? It's S-O-Y-N-E-L-P-E-R-A-L. T A. And I've always I've always had to spell out my last name for people and it's fine. <laughs> I love it. And you notice I didn't say it earlier because I didn't want to mess it up. So it's it's okay. I, I I know it's a little trouble. And I mean it's such an interesting last name. I love my last name, but oh it's good to own it. It's good to own it yes. for sure. Um yeah. anything that you are launching or projects you're working on that you want people to know about, I would love to give you the opportunity to talk about what you're up to. Yeah, of course. So up until June, the end of June, I've made it my mission to be able to provide service for people. So I do these things called inward intensives. 
which are completely free, but I offer about three to four of them a week. So I limit them because I want to make sure mm -hmm. I also have time to be there for my, my clients. But these are just things that I offer to get to know me um, and to start creating a vision for yourself. I'm a very big believer in visions like we talked about. So that's one thing that I offer. And then I do have an, like a continuous in enrollment for my um, Mindset Mastery private coaching program. And that's just, you know, one-on-one -on -one coaching that I do for 12 weeks. Um, 12 but weeks, I always okay, that cool. Mm -hmm. I yeah. love it. I love it. I love it. That makes me super happy. Um, I'm going to leave our audience with whatever book recommendation you think, like everybody could benefit from this book. Yeah. Uh, the Prosperous Coach, we talked about it. Um, yeah. It's a really good book. What, if you, even if you're not a coach, like it's just such a good book to learn about uh, learning how to make connections with people. I would say that. Yeah. It's really good. In any kind of industry that you're in, it's important to be able to connect with people. And I, I truly believe in one thing I learned from Melissa, because she actually worked with one of the authors and she okay. recommended that book. But it's about always whatever you do, lead with service. Yeah, we're all going to be service. put in positions of leadership at some point or another. Yeah, in any industry that you're in, whether you're a coach, whether you're even if you like, a, I don't know why I thought of a cook. If you're a cook, like share mm. your food <laughs> like so they get to know you, right? And yeah, like, be able to give. Yeah, but it's even like, okay, yeah. so I work in, in a kitchen sometimes, right? Like I work mm -hmm. in a restaurant sometimes. The cook is the leader of a team as well. Yeah, so that's incredible. Yeah, that's incredible. I love that. So yeah, I would love recommend it, that book it, for it. sure. Well, Nelson, thank you so, so, so much for doing this. Of course, thank you for, for having me and love the conversation, by the way. You're awesome at facilitating and asking great questions. Oh, I'm working on it. I feel like the more episodes I do, the better it gets, but. Yeah, um, supernatural. Guys, thank you for, yeah, thank you guys for being here. Episode 32, be back next week and uh, I'll see you guys on the flip side. All right, now we can just talk like normal people. I'm going to hit stop recording. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh my God.